Hallelujah. 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 Worship the Lord across the church tonight. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And tonight, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. We pray that you will apply it in our hearts, in our minds, and that in the name of Jesus, in the wonderful name of Jesus, you will take this word and reveal this word to all here, all who's listening. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. You may be seated around the church tonight. Hallelujah. Let's start by quickly looking at what we saw last Saturday night. Our prayer is for the Lord to reveal what we are to do and how we are to do it. Our prayer for the Lord to reveal what we are to do and how we are to do this. Let me add a few more questions as we go about this week. Let's start with who do we minister to? When do we minister? Where do we minister? That is what we need the Lord to reveal to each and every one of us. We need the Lord to reveal what He wants us to do, how He wants it done, when it needs to be done, where it needs to be done, and to who we should minister. Now, I know there is one question I have left out, and that question is why? I can answer that even tonight in two parts. Why do we do what the Lord tells us to do? When it comes to the Lord Himself, it begins with a matter of obedience. The Lord tells us what to do. We are to do it. This is important for us to remember. We are here to do the will of God. Let me repeat this. We are here to do the will or the choice of God. But there is a second part to that answer. And that second part we can see in First Chronicles 
chapter 13, the last verse, where it begins, And now abides faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. The word charity, it translates out to agape love. Now notice the word at the beginning. And now abides. As in lives inside of us. How does love live inside of us? It lives inside of us when we believed in the Christ, the cross, and the resurrection. If you remember, in John chapter 20, after the believers, they believed in the Christ, the cross, the resurrection. Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Tonight, I want us to emphasize that when the believers received the infilling of the Holy Ghost when they were saved, not the baptism, the infilling, that they received at that moment what Paul wrote about in 1 Corinthians 13.13. Faith, hope, love. Because the Holy Ghost lives inside of us. The love of God now resides in us. That's why when we see the fruit of the Spirit, the first is agape love. Because the Spirit is inside of us. The love of God now abides in us. So when we start looking at why, the answer regarding us in the service of the Lord, us and others, it comes back to agape love, but not a natural love. A love that's inside of us because the Holy Spirit is inside of us. The book of Philippians chapter 1, verse 9. We read the following. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. What needs to abound? Their love. The agape love. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 2, we see what? And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do towards you. Abound or grow in love. How is this possible? Because the Holy Spirit is inside of us. And He will grow this love. The more we follow after the Spirit, the more we do what the Spirit tells us to do. The more the agape love inside of us will abound and grow. First John chapter 3, verse 1. 
Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. God the Father. He has given us this love. How? Through the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is inside of us. We believe in the gospel message. Now abides faith, hope, love. These three, the greatest of these is love. Why? Because love becomes the motive of ministry. Love becomes the motive of the church. It becomes the motive of the ministry. It becomes the motive of the believers. Now tonight, there are five areas of love I want us to look at. Because the Spirit is inside of us. These five areas of love should be inside of each and every one of us. And let's start with the first one, the most important one. The love of God the Father toward us who believe in Jesus. The love of God the Father toward the believers in Jesus. In John 3.16, the first line, For God so loved. This is the motive of why God the Father sent Jesus the Son to die on a cross to shed his blood. The motive of the atonement, the motive that led to the new birth, the motive that led to forgiveness of sins and our salvation, for God so loved the world. This is the motive of God. Now, who are we? When Jesus spoke this, we were part of the world. We heard the gospel message. And what happened? Whosoever believes shall what? Shall not perish, shall receive everlasting life. But not just that. The infilling of the Holy Spirit and the love of God now inside of us. The book of 1 John, chapter 4, verse 19. We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. Let's make sure we are together on this. God the Father loved us first. When Jesus went to the cross, I can safely assume that the vast majority of the people on the earth did not love God. When you look at the Roman Empire outside of the Holy Land, the vast majority didn't even know there was a God. They sure didn't love Him. But in that state, when nobody on earth was loving God, when they had put God out of their minds, God so loved them that he gave his only begotten son. And because God so loved the world, because God so loved us, 
He was willing to do what was necessary to atone our sins. You see, we cannot love without God loving us first. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love or with He loved us. Who was the one who loved? It was God the Father. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. Paul is very personal about this. You see, the love of God is inside Jesus. And this allows Jesus to love us like God loves us. This is why Jesus, in obedience to his Father, went to the cross. He loved us so much that he was willing to do what was necessary for the atonement of our sins. When we look at the church, why are we here? It begins with, for God so loved. When we minister inside, outside the church, we do so because, for God so loved the world. When we witness the family members or people we have never met before as led by the Spirit, we are there because God so loved the world. Because God put the Holy Spirit inside of us, we can experience the love of God. You see, when you believe in the Christ across the resurrection, when the Holy Spirit entered into your life, the love of God entered into you. Why? Because God loved you so much that He wanted His love in you. And for that to happen, the cross needed to happen. The shedding of blood needed to happen. The resurrection of Jesus needed to happen. Even the ascension needed to happen. All of this happened. Why? So the love of God can be inside of us so God could show His love to us at all times. Are we still here? The love of God through the Holy Spirit is inside of you. What was the first area of love? The Father's love towards you. The second area of love. The love of the believers toward the Father. God loved us, therefore we loved God. This is where it started. When Jesus went to the cross, he shed his blood. He paid our sin debt. He rose from the dead, giving us life now and into eternity. 
What did this do? This made it possible for us to love God. Understand this point. We do not love God unless, one, God loves us first, and two, there is an atonement for our sins, and three, there is a new man in Christ alive inside of us. Because of what God the Father did, the love of God is inside of us, and we can now love God. The Spirit inside of us makes this possible. The love we have for God is a divine, Holy Spirit love. This is why we can love the Father. Are we still here? The book of Luke, chapter 10, verse 27. What do we see here, the first line? And he answered, saying, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. How is this possible? Well, this guy here, who Jesus was talking to in Luke 10, 27, he does not have the infilling because Jesus has not yet been to the cross. His love is based in the Old Testament law. But for us who are believers in Jesus, the love is different. Why? Because love is now inside of us. We can love the Lord our God. With all our heart, with all our mind, with all our strength. We can, loot, we can do this. Why? Because there is a love inside of us that allows us to love the Father. So unlike this man, who at this point pre-cross cannot experience the love we are experiencing, we can a love to the Father that's possible because the Spirit is inside of us. First Peter 1.8 Whom having not seen, ye love. Hold it. Who is Peter talking to here? He's talking to the second generation believers. He's not talking about the disciples and those who traveled with Jesus Throughout the Holy Land. He's not even talking about the Apostle Paul. Who according to 1 Corinthians 15. He saw the Lord. No. Peter is talking about a new generation. Which has not seen Jesus physically in the flesh. Yet what does he say? Whom have ye not seen ye love. In whom though ye have not seen him. Yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Why? Why can we love one we have never seen? Because we heard the gospel. And the Spirit revealed to us that the message of Jesus 
is real. And with the Spirit inside of us, we can now love Jesus and the Father whom we have not seen. This love is possible because the Spirit is inside of us. James chapter 1 verse 12. Blessed is the man that endures temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that what? Love him. Now what do we see here? Enduring temptation. We love Jesus so much that we are willing to endure anything for him. That's what James was saying here. James will die a martyr's death. And not a pleasant one either. But why can he do this? Because inside of him is a love that allows him to love Jesus. The love being what? The Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians <coughs> chapter 2, verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither enter into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that what? Love Him. And then, 1 John chapter 5, verse 2, By this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God, and keep His commandments. Everything is based again in love. Why do we obey Jesus? We set the question earlier. What do you want us to do? How do you want us to do this? To who do you want to? When and where? Why? Because this love inside of us is leading us to do what Jesus wants us to do. What the Father through the Spirit is leading us to do. This love inside of us makes it possible. That's why we say Christianity is not a have-to faith. Because of the agape love element, it is a what? It is a want-to faith. Are we still here? What was number one? The love of the Father toward us. What was number two? Our love to the Father and the Son. The third love. We see it in John chapter 13, verse 34, where it says, A new commandment I give to you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Agape love toward the brethren. Now understand something. When Jesus said this, it probably went over their head a little bit, but remember the makeup of the room. The only ones in the room were those who were Jewish. There were no Gentile believers at this point. So when Jesus said, Beloved, love one another, 
I know these disciples were saying, okay, it's pretty easy. We know each other. We hang around each other. We're friends. But what Jesus knew was there going to be a time, starting in Acts 10, when Gentiles become part of the church. And now, the Spirit will be asking the Jewish believers to love Gentiles who they were trained not to love. We're talking not just a love of those in their local church, but a love of those who they never imagined they could love. The Apostle Paul. How strong is agape love? He goes from city to city on three missions trips, leading people to Jesus, whom he would have never associated with prior to Acts 9. He now loves people, the brethren in Jesus, in Galatia, and in Macedonia, and in Greece, and in Ephesus, and in Italy where Rome is, and wherever he went, people he would have never associated with prior. So now we see a love that goes beyond just a small group. The love of anyone who is a brother in the Lord. For our time, this applies. We love those who are believers in the Christ, the cross, the resurrection, because the Spirit is inside of us that allows us to love brethren regardless of whether they are male or female, regardless of their ethnicity or nationality or race. It is possible because we have the Spirit inside of us. When Jesus said this before he went to the cross, he is looking big picture. These men were going to have to love people they never imagined that they would love. But because the Spirit is inside of them, it becomes possible. That's why when John writes 1 John, well after the fact of the events of the Gospel of John. That's why John can still say, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He who loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. John can write this because he has associated with Gentiles, Definitely, if you look at the book of Revelation, through at least seven churches, he has experienced what Jesus talked about. A love for all believers, regardless of ethnicity, nationality, or race. We as a church, we as believers, because the Holy Spirit is inside of us, we can experience this. The Spirit makes it 
possible. We can love all who are believers because the Spirit makes it possible. And when we yield to the Spirit, this becomes real. Not theory, real. Are we still here? Well, what's number one? Number one was what? The love of the Father toward us. What was number two? Our love toward the Father and the Son. What was number three? Love one another. Let's move on to number four. Let's go. I'll just read it. He's in the New Testament. Leviticus 19.18 The last part of the verse. But ye shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So God the Father makes it pretty clear about loving the neighbor. Even Jesus, when he was talking to the man, when we read Luke 10.27, the man said, love your neighbor as yourself. So we see it in both spots, old and new. Now, let me draw some differences here. Jesus did not include the brethren in the neighbors. Because if Jesus considered the brethren as part of the neighbors, he would have never said, love the brethren. But because Jesus separately mentions the brethren. That tells us the neighbors might not necessarily be brethren. Now, for those in Israel, the brethren, well, that was just them in their own. The neighbors, those in Israel. Those were the ones that they loved. We, as believers in Jesus, I can read the Romans chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, where it said what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Love works no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. When we see this, when we live in a community... We are part of the community in this sense. We are the religious examples, the Christian examples for the area. And part of that is love one another. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you look at the Old Testament law, if you look at the last six, what the Apostle Paul said Love is the fulfilling of the law. If we truly love our neighbor, we're not going to do the last six commandments. We are going to what? Not commit adultery or murder or bear false witness or covet or the rest of it. When we love our neighbor, we will not do the bad. But let me add one other thing. If we love our neighbor, we are going to tell them about Jesus. Are we together on this? 
if we truly love our neighbor, we are going to witness to them in the spirit of the agape love that's inside of us. So, let's apply this for a second. Why don't we commit adultery with those around us? And let me hold there. If you are, repent of your sin right now. But for the vast, vast, vast majority, why don't we do this? It's not because of the legal reason thou shalt not. No. There is a love inside of us, an agape love inside of us through the Spirit, that says, I am not going to hurt my neighbor by doing something like this. We love enough because of the Spirit where we do not steal. I want us to think a little differently here. We do this because we agape love, not because we're obeying the Ten Commandments. Because we agape love, we do good to those around us and not bad. Not because we have to, but because the agape love is leading us to do what is good and shun what is wrong. Agape love through the Spirit is the reason why we do good and not bad. Are we still here? James chapter 2, verse 8. If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, ye shall love your neighbor as yourself, you do well. And this is something we can do because the agape love is inside of us. So, where have we been? One, love of the Father toward us. Number two, love of us, of the Father and the Son. Number three, Love the brethren. Number four, love your neighbor as yourself. Now I know some of you are thinking, what's number five? Matthew chapter five, verse 43. From the Sermon on the Mount. You have heard that hath been said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. By the way, we just saw that in the book of Leviticus. The first part was there. The last part was not. We don't see hate your enemy in Leviticus. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. Let's hold there for a second. Let's define enemy of the people who were listening to the Sermon on the Mount. We can really describe this in their mind to three groups of people. Those who are sinners, the Samaritans, and the publicans. Those were the ones the people always griped about. With sinners, well, they're sinners, and no one liked them. The Pharisees, the scribes, always griping about them. Even in our society, 
when we see someone who is evil, and especially if they try to do evil to us, we want nothing to do with them. We have no natural affection toward them at all. Samaritans. To a Jew, that's the enemy to the north they're always fighting with. And publicans, these were the ones working for the Roman government, ripping the people off of their money. So we see sinners. Those who they were fighting with and those who were basically oppressing them. The publicans in the name of the Roman government was oppressing the people through ridiculous taxes and what the publicans were ripping off of the people. So when we look at love your enemy, those who are doing bad things to us, those who are fighting against us, and those who are oppressing us, that's a pretty motley group, isn't it? Those who are trying to do bad to us, those who are fighting us, and those who are oppressing us. And what is Jesus saying? Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. Now, let me ask the question. When Jesus spoke this, the Sermon on the Mount, did any of the people in the audience have the agape love of Jesus inside of them? Old man, still alive. So when Jesus asked this question, in the natural, they will start saying, that's not possible. In the natural, guess what? That's not possible. It is impossible to love those who are trying to hurt you. It is impossible to love those who are trying to fight you. It is impossible to fight those who are oppressing you. Yet now on this side of the cross, why does this become possible for us? Answer. Because the agape love of God is inside of us. This changes everything. Let me read verse 45. That you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. In other words, God so loves the evil ones, not their sin, but the people, that he still sends them blessing. Well, guess what's inside of us? The same spirit. The spirit of God which allows us to love those who have tried to hurt us, who fight us, who oppress us. In the natural, it is not possible. But thank God we're not in the natural anymore. Are we still here? 
So what have we seen? The five areas of love. The Father to us. We to the Father and the Son. The brethren. The neighbors. The enemies. Possible. Why? Because the agape love of God is inside of us. Let's apply this. As we head into the days ahead, we are going to demonstrate the Holy Ghost power in so many ways. But one of the ways, and the Holy Ghost really wanted this one singled out, that we are going to demonstrate the power of the Holy Ghost is through Holy Ghost agape love. The people are going to see an agape love of the Holy Ghost being demonstrated from us to them that they will not be able to understand. But it's a love the Holy Ghost will use to break through their defenses so people can hear the gospel. So when we talk, especially tomorrow morning, about the demonstration of the Spirit, the demonstration of agape love, the Spirit inside of us giving us this love, it's going to be vital. Those in our neighborhood, our community, they are going to need to see the Holy Spirit love demonstrated from us to others. Tonight, a divine love that's in each and every one of us who believe. A love that needs to be demonstrated to all when we allow the Spirit to do this. This is going to be a year of demonstrating the Spirit and demonstrating the love of the Spirit, the love of Jesus in us through the Spirit, it's going to be vital. This is what we're seeking for. This becomes the why in everything that we do. Tonight, let us become those who demonstrate the agape love of God through the Spirit in the lives of those in the community, in the church, and in our families. Let's stand across the church tonight.